All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. That's the first time this music is cut off when I've told it to. Uh, <laughs> my name is Joe Bond, content manager of so-called Fantasy Experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host this evening cannot make it. Uh, he had a prior arrangement that he could not get out of. But uh, I do have our guest, David Ganos, on the line, the co-founder of So-Called Fantasy Experts. So I'm, let's not waste any time. Let's just bring him on and, and get the show rolling. What's going hey, on, dude? I'm glad. I'm happy to be here. You know, your, your buddy, I, I noticed you're dancing around why he's not here, your co-host, which I don't uh, know if that was a plan thing. No, but I don't know. I don't really he, I don't usually talk about why, but it's a good reason. <laughs> oh, well, I was just going to say, he gets he's going to see Paul McCartney. You get me. That is a hey. trade, my friend. That is, hey, I'll take you any day. <laughs> um, and I'm sick and I'm wheezing. You get a wheezing, old, beat-up, fancy writer. You can't beat that. <laughs> I'm okay with it, man. Um <laughs> So I've got the Olympics on in the background, and I'm and I'm watching some Chinese girl who may or may not be 13 just fall off the high bar. <laughs> um, no comment there. And I know that you're a big Olympics guy, and I say that because you shared with me your article this afternoon. We were talking a little bit, and I wanted to talk. I wanted to bring up possibly starting like an Olympic. I know it's too late now, but you know the idea of doing a fantasy Olympic uh, league. And you wrote this article already. It was perfect. And I was reading through it, and like, this was one of the formats that I was talking about. And I'll, I'll let you explain it because I won't do it justice. So, Well, I won't do it. You know, it was as I was like, you know what would be cool is this. And then I, I, there wasn't really a lot of thought into it. But basically, the only way I could think of you could do it is basically you, you have a, um, a league full of however many teams. Let's say six. Six people want to play. And you each draft one or two players or whatever out of different eight different categories. So it'd be like men's swimming. You have to pick one and women's swimming and men's track and field and women's track and field, men's gymnastics, women's gymnastics, U.S. team sports. So then you would pick like the men's U.S. men's basketball or U.S. women's beach, beach volleyball. And then finally, the last category would be assorted sports. So it would be like the U.S. team for archery or the U.S. team for fencing. So basically, any golds won by the individuals, like say if you took Phelps and the men's swimming, then you get points for the gold, silver, or medal. I mean, silver or bronze. And then if the team wins for, say, basketball, then you get that gold. So then it kind of total points, and it's it's not really it's more like a just a points system it's not like you're going head to head and it's not rotisserie and anything like that but um to me that seemed like the best way to do it and what sounded cool was to find out what that what the draft would look like if any if everyone had to pick at least one person from each of those categories and then but they could pick them at any time you know what i'm saying so it'd be like quarterback running back receiver but it'd be men's swimming, women's gymnastics, U.S. team sports. Make sense? It does make sense. And I'm on NyQuil, so at this point I could be talking <laughs> crazy talk, and uh, you'd just be, like, nodding. You're not just going to fall asleep <laughs> on me, are you? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the other ideas I had for this, because I was thinking about, like, something like this where you were stuck picking, you know, based off of sports like this, but what about – just kind of the idea of doing it like a like an auction league so you could you know obviously the guys and gals in in individual sports are going to be worth way more i think that'd be really interesting like it's a good and point total medal count would be you know you get three points for a bronze five points for a silver and eight points for a gold or something like that you know do some random scoring thing and so like total points at the end wins so it'd be really interesting to see who would load up on like all the swimmers and track and field people and stuff like that and obviously the team sports would go real dirt cheap like a dollar uh although i don't know the guaranteed ones like men's basketball 
I feel like would go for a couple bucks extra just because, you know, they're guaranteed. But right, I, right. I feel like that'd be another like weird twist to it as well. Like to kind of see yeah, how like much that. those, how much those, you know, swimmer guys, you know, you know I'm, I'm blanking on her name right now. The one who's already like smashed her world record um, to see how much she would have gone for or something like that. So yeah, I don't know. No, I, I think it'd be interesting. And, and this, I, the, the Olympics kind of snuck up on me this year. I feel I I wish I had thought about something like this earlier. Although I don't know how it bugs me. Followed it. It bugs, it bugs me that the Summer Olympics is in late summer. It seems like every year. Why not have it in June, um, right after the NBA Finals or something? You know, um, or maybe early July or something like that. But uh, I'll, I'm, you know what? I'll shoot a little note to the IOC. <laughs> I'm sure you know somebody over there. You know everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I think we got it. We're like this, you know. <laughs> so I did do a, a mock draft for the, for the first round of what, how oh, I yeah? think it would have gone in my system. And I had uh, Simone Biles going first because that seems like she's the one that's going to load up because she'll get medals for individual, medals for team all around, all that stuff. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that does. Yeah, you can get the, the multiple ones with her. <clears throat> And then, um, and then I went Katie Ledecky, the swimmer. Right, that's the what I was trying to think of. Did you see this morning on the Today Show that she was? Did you, did you happen to see that by any chance? Today Show. Uh no, I did not. I um... so she they showed a clip of her mom with Katie Ledecky as a little kid in her hands at the Today Show visiting it like twenty years ago. Oh wow, that's kind of <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that was that's pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah. And I had Michael Phelps third, Serena Williams bust at number. Oh four. man, yeah, total bust. Big bust. First <laughs> round. <laughs> and then another bust. She number Anderson. five with Missy, Missy Franklin, <laughs> who came in like eighth in her semifinal heat, Ooh, which is great. All right, so uh, now we've bracket busted everybody's uh, fantasy Olympics because you know they're like trying to write it down. Oh yeah, oh man. Spoiler alert here. Anybody who's recorded the Olympics, we just screwed them. Uh, Anyway, let's get rolling to what we were really here to talk about, and that is tight ends. Um, Oh, tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. You've lost me on cars. I'm going to go and let you run the show because I know nothing. I can fill up my my gas tank. Anyway, so with tight ends, I I typically wait on tight ends. they're almost like quarterbacks, not quite as bad as quarterbacks. I usually try and go for one of those kind of middle to late tier guys, you know, but one of the top 12 usually in my 12-team leagues. Uh, you're not going to see me going after Gronks. I know he's awesome, and he's a huge difference maker, but he really throws off. I've tried 100 mocks with him. I even screwed around with, like, a friend of family league last year and picked him first just to mess around, and I, did, I hated my team. I always hate my team when I take him first. And then guys like Olsen and Reed are going in like the fourth round, fifth round. That's too early for me. There's too many other guys that are going to score more points, in my opinion, than those guys. And I can get, you know, usually there's some some sleeper-type guys. or somebody, two or three guys that are going to just bust out in tight ends and like Eifert last year. And you just got to hope you get one of those. If not, you can stream and you can usually do pretty well with the position and not have to worry about it too much. Um, I mean, what's your normal strategy with tight ends? I'm with you. Uh, like exactly like to a T I, you say you compare it with quarterbacks to me. I also kind of compare it with, and actually it's a, it's a real, real world comparison too with catchers in that um, tight ends have to deal with different things than other skill position players. Quarterbacks, notwithstanding, you're not dealing with a rookie quarterback. You know, it's very rare that you're going to be drafting a rookie quarterback. Um, young tight ends are dealing with more things than young players at other positions, meaning they're dealing with route running. They're dealing with uh, line blocking assignments. They just have – it's just a lot – and they're dealing with a lot more physicality at the line and they're and they're dealing with now NFL size 
linemen and linebackers, which they hadn't dealt with before, which the other positions, none of the other positions running back, they'll be dealing with people tackling them and same with the different, you know, uh, um, wide receivers, but they're not dealing with trying to get off necessarily against much bigger men and, and trying to um, block much bigger men. So it's a whole different deal. Just like how with catchers, catchers come in the league, they usually develop a little bit later, like uh, because they are dealing with, they have to learn pitch it, they have to learn pitchers, they have to learn defense, defense. Um, on top of off, offense is the third thing they have to worry about. So that's how I kind of look at tight ends, uh, especially we'll get into the rookie ones later. But um, you you were just mentioning comparing them with quarterbacks fantasy wise, and I'm I'm with you. I will wait. The only I say that, and then earlier last week I was in a um, in a mock draft for Scout uh, FF Toolbox, and I, sometimes you just get pinned where he's the you have to take Gronk, and there's you know if you don't you're just taking a much lesser guy at another spot. And the, my problem with Gronk is he puts you behind the eight ball in all of your other positions, mm-hmm. all, of your other, exactly. all of your other big positions. But if the top running back available at the time is, you know, of course not, I'm trying to, um, you know, say it's Le'Veon Bell or say it's uh, Devonta Free, something like that. Like you're kind of like, oh, man, this is this is my first pick. And you're you're already behind the eight ball no matter what. So yep. then I would go Gronk, um, and if all the receivers got you know eaten up or something like that. But anyways, so that's my uh, that's my view, and, and I'm with you. I um I love Greg Olson. Like if he if he drops me at a reasonable spot, like you said, the fifth round. Let's see what's his his ADP is at like the fourth round. I would uh, I think I would jump on him at the fifth round. Um, Jordan Olson or Jordan Reed, not much, but I just love. Uh, Greg Olson, I think he's going to be fine, no matter how healthy Kelvin Benjamin is going to be. Oh yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, he's, he's the most reliable receiver on that team, no matter what. Uh, we talked about Kelvin Benjamin last week or two weeks last week. I'm getting everything mixed up, and <laughs> you know, we kind of stated how you know Benjamin's kind of a risk, and he's had one year off, and he's had one year on, and his one year on was good but also really bad at the same time so Olsen's still going to be that reliable receiver that Cam Newton's going to go to and yeah I'm, I'm looking at the ADP now for Olsen and he's going in like the middle of the third round it's pretty crazy and Reed's oh, wow. eight eight picks ahead of him so it's, they're going super early so I was I was way off on the ADP there I that's that's a lot higher than I thought it was maybe I was thinking more about yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the fans I like to use the fantasy pros ADP what are you using? Just yeah, that's what I'm using. Let's see. So, overall, well, yeah. I see Greg Olson at 44. Yeah, isn't that? Oh, that's the middle of the fourth round. I'm an idiot. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Sorry, I can I'm do like, that. Oh, the NyQuil is kicking in. I can't do uh, math now. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I was gonna, all right. So, um, uh, yeah. So, and you know what? Real quick, let me, let me talk about this because this is a little trick I think your readers might like. So I love to use the Fantasy Pros ADP. They pull in ADP for Yahoo, ESPN, CBS, the FFC, Fantrax, and their own draft wizard tool. Mm-hmm. What I like to do is find players, because they'll, they'll average all of those draft sites. Um, in other words, they'll average all of their av- average draft positions. So it's an AADP, if you will. Um, so what I like to do is look for players that have a real low ADP on one site, you know, or as high, whatever you would say, and then a real high ADP on other sites. So let's say, for instance, one I know for a fact is uh, Russell Wilson. Let me find him real quick so we can talk about how you, what you do for that. All right, so right now, Fancy Pros ADP, he's at 42, which is <clears throat> the middle of the fourth round. On ESPN, or let's say, yeah, on ESPN, He's the thirtieth ranked player, so or in an ADP. So he's okay. middle of the third round on CBS. He's fifty-first player. So now we're talking into the fifth round. So there's a swing of two rounds on one player. If you're drafting on CBS and you look at this ADP, 
you're going to think you need to draft Russell Wilson in that third and fourth round if you if you want him. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you got to pay and, attention and those, to the, the site you're running off of. Right, those ADPs, it, the ADP and, and the rankings and projections depending on which site, a lot of times that's what's feeding. It's usually, uh, you know, what the snake is eating its own tail. So, in other words, like the expert rankings are fed into the system that will show the here's the next best player on, on the queue. Uh, in a draft room, those are fed by the um, projections from the experts. As those players are getting picked, that's affecting the average draft position. So the the experts' rankings on those positions have a direct effect to, or an indirect effect to the ADP, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 no. No, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, so you know, wow, I'm looking at a guy like Moncrief, and he's even crazier. He's got a 104 so cool. at CBS and ESPN 65. Exactly, yeah, it's wow. so cool to look at. And the other thing, too, is remember that ESPN, now I'm not positive about, about CBS anymore. I know it used to be mostly 12-team leagues was their average, you know, like their average leagues were 12-team leagues. Mm-hmm. ESPN, most of their leagues are 10-team leagues, like by oh. far, like by a huge wide margin. So that's going to affect the positions also. Um, okay. But it's, it's a really good trick to, to sit down. And in other words, you basically go and you know that you're going to draft on CBS this Saturday or whatever. So when you come here and you find all of the players that are ranked much higher or much lower than the ADP on CBS listed on the same page. And you know and what? You just make a note of that. You know what? Even better, you can download these now. They just added a down. They've redone their site in the last week or so. Yeah, it looks good. You can download this, and if you want to slap it into Excel, you can just do an easy formula: take the CBS field, subtract it from the average field, or vice versa, and figure out the difference there. And you've got all your sleepers and busts basically for for CBS or ESPN, whatever site you're running off of. Right there, that's actually really awesome. Definitely doing that. It sounds like it sounds like you just made an article idea for Mike Tomlin or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> Mike, if you're listening, I got work for you. Um, so yeah, moving on. We, you know, yeah. I, the next thing we do here is we go through kind of three or four. I've got I've got three, but the first one's kind of a multi-parter here. You know, topic slash questions for the position. Kind of hot topic things that have been floating around there the whole off season. And the first one is a lot of tight ends moved this off season. A lot. I feel like way more than usual. Uh, Kobe Fleener's now with New Orleans. Ladarius Green's now with Pittsburgh. Ben Watson's now in, in Baltimore. And Cook is now in Green Bay. What do you think about these guys? And, uh, you know, I don't know if you, want to break down each one of them real quick or just kind of give one or two your favorites, you know, what, what you think about all, all four of these guys here. I'll even throw in another one. Martellus Bennett. Not that he's somebody that you're going to be wanting to snatch up right away, but definitely right, yeah. somebody that could have uh, a, a fancy impact by season's end, depending on Gronk's health. Um, yeah. All right. So yeah, let's talk about these. All right. So Fleener to me. All right, let's do this backwards. Ladarius Green to me is is the the guy I want the most out of this group. Fleener, I believe, is the guy most everyone else wants and is the most polarizing. I think people are really in or really out on him. Um, I know Jamie Eisenberg was on our podcast a few weeks ago, and he's all over Fleener. Now, he was also all over Tyler Eifert last year, so um, I ain't calling him a dummy. So he's he's pretty good. Uh, he loves Fleener. To me, I haven't seen enough out of Fleener. He had some bright spots last year, but I haven't seen enough out of him to to make me think that he's just going to be uh you know top six, top eight fantasy tight end. Um, obviously stepping into just like a insane position, but that's almost it's almost fighting against him. Like he's stepping into New Orleans and that's just, he's suddenly this top six tight end for everybody. But um, the fact that everyone thinks that makes him no longer a good value. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I see your point. You'd be mad with him as a top 10 
if he if you drafted him as top six, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, where he's going, you you better get the return. You're not. Right. It's not going to be a. It's not going to be a good value at pretty much at at all with him. Right. Um, Ladarius Green, on the other hand, now he's he's uh, dinged up a little bit. He had ankle surgery, and um, we're still trying. They're still haven't really gotten a timetable on him, but he's the guy I think is in the best. I think will end up with the best fantasy results out of this group. Uh, stepping into Pittsburgh, uh, Heath Miller retires, Martavis Bryant suspended, Le'Veon Bell. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of that, but looks like he's going to be suspended for a bit. Um, Big Ben loves his tight ends, and uh, I could see this being and and Green's been in Gates' shadow for pretty much most of his career. And he's ready to break out. What do you think? I can't say I don't agree with you. Uh, I, I actually drafted him in my Scott Fishbowl League. So I'm, I'm hoping you're 100% right. And I'm trying to figure out where I got him. It was super late for the fact that I got him in the ninth round in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, which I felt like was super late because tight ends were flying off the board. As you, as you know, you're in it. They're a one point PPR. Everything else is half point. So that felt like it was super late to me. I think people just are scared off by, I think he started slipping because of the foot. Nobody knows if he's actually going to be ready. And I mean, I don't know either. So I'm just taking a wing and a prayer on him and hoping he's back. (laughs) Yeah. Hearing screws are inserted is one thing into an ankle, but when you hear plates are also inserted, like uh, uh, that's a lot. That's something. That's not a good thing. That's never going to no. be a thing where he's healed. You know, suddenly much better. Yeah, it's pretty pretty nerve wracking news. So I guess the other guys, Watson and Cook, you're just kind of meh on. It's you know, I kind of don't really know with either one of them to be honest. If I if I was in a deep league, I would have no problem with Jared Cook as my second tight end, and I know he is is kind of become a punchline like everybody's like you know just dumps on him but really he's battling Richard Rodgers who's not that big of a you know he's not that big of a um tight end uh he this what Jared Cook this will be his year without um Jeff Fisher so we really don't know what he he you know necessarily how he can work into an offense um so I, I have no problem with him as a second. I wouldn't draft him as my, you know, starter even in a 14-team league. But if you had a deep roster, I'm fine with taking Aaron Rodgers, possibly starting tight end. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Cooks got the the inside track for the tight end there. I mean, Richard Rodgers is okay at best, but I guess so. Cook yeah. really when you think about it, but. And, 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 you know, I, I, I want to touch quick on Benjamin Watt because when he first yeah. got moved, I was thinking, oh, this is awesome. He's moving to, you know, Joe Flacco likes to throw to his tight ends. And I started thinking, he had like 10 tight ends on this team. Who's actually <laughs> going to play? Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And, I mean, I know a couple of them were dinged up, like Pitta we have no idea about. I know Crockett Gilmore's kind of banged up. But they've still got Max Williams. And then it's just they've got a slew of other, like, random guys that I don't think are going to do anything. But it's just – like there's just too many people there that they can just rotate in if one's not performing. And I just, I've started to get off of the Benjamin Watson train. And I feel like he was getting a little overhyped because he finished so well with new Orleans last year. So that's just a great place to play, you know, to be a tight end in apparently. So, I mean, nobody saw that coming from Benjamin Watson last year. That's for sure. Right. Right. And I think, Um, you know, you said that's overhyping Fleener big time. Benson right. Watson yep. can do it, but Fleener can definitely <laughs> yeah, exactly. do it. <laughs> yep. So the the one thing I'd say about Watson, the way I kind of look at it, as, this is a 35 year old player. He's you know he he's on the back end of his career. I kind of look at this like Baltimore brought him in to be the to be a player coach. Is the way I look at it. They got Max Williams, the young guy. They would love to see, you know, this is their, he was a high pick last year. He was what the highest tight end pick last year? Uh, if he wasn't, he was, sure he was definitely close. Yeah, 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 exactly. um, I think, I think that's somebody that they'd still like to see be there. Start Dennis Pitt had just had so many 
you know, injuries and issues and stuff. But um, I see Watson more as a player coach, more as somebody that uh, helped Flacco in the huddle. Um, and let's not forget the general manager for the Baltimore Ravens is Ozzie Newsom, a former tight end. So I can see him putting a lot of, I guess it, it makes sense that there's a billion tight ends on that team. Yeah. 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 No, definitely a good point there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so, so your, so your favorite's green. My favorite is still Flanner. I, you know, I know, I know his his value kind of went, you know, kind of skyrocketed, but I still like him. I think I think the talent's there. Him and Dwayne Allen always just kind of split time, and they never quite utilized the tight end very well there mm. because of both of them. Uh, he's kind of got it to himself this this year, and we all know Drew Brees likes to utilize the tight end big time, especially in the red zone. So I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of Fleener. I don't think I'm going to get him because of where he's going because. As you could tell by my opening, yeah. I I don't reach for tight ends that that early, and he's just going to go where I won't take him. Uh, Green Green might end up on a bunch of my teams because he is falling a little bit, and I'll and I'll take that chance. Uh, there, there's no reason why not. You know, he's going in like the ninth, tenth round. I feel like so. Um, that's that's worth it to me. Yeah. So moving <clears> on <throat> here, another another hot topic. This guy's, you know, they're calling him the second Gronk this year. Jordan Reed. Now, as a Redskins fan, I think he's awesome, but he's so injury prone. Do you? He's going in the third round. I mean, do you do you pick this guy in the third round? Do you think he's going to return that value, or is this just no way? I'm not touching. Yeah, I won't own him in any league this year, and and not because I don't like him, but just he's way, way, way uh, overreaction after last year. Two years ago, three touchdowns last year. No, wait, let's see. Yeah, two years ago, three touchdowns last year, 11 touchdowns. Like that's going to buoy back. Um, and this, he's missed something like 16 games in his three seasons. Uh, Florida, I don't know what's up with Florida players, but especially <clears throat> skill players, seems like they have more injury problems than other players coming out of college, like Percy Harvin and um, Matt Jones even had some problems. Like, this seems like they're, I don't know if it's the wiry guys that just get snapped or, or what it is, but, um, and I like Jordan Reed. He's obviously a superb athlete, but I don't, I have Greg Holson higher, higher than him for sure. And, uh, he's not the, Reed's not the worth, worth the risk for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I've got, I've got Olsen right ahead of Reed and it's, gonna stay that way unless Olsen gets hurt I just I like the reliability with Reed he never gets hurt it seems like and Reed is just I mean even last year he missed two games he was just phenomenal in all the other games and I just I don't know if you can rely on that so and don't get me wrong uh I'm a Bucks fan and I would be more than happy with Jordan Reed on my team but just the value of fantasy wise where you have to take him I just can't do it yep and so we kind of you kind of mentioned this guy earlier too, Antonio Gates. This guy feels like he's 50 years old. He just, I mean, he's been in the league since I started playing the fantasy football, and there's not a lot of guys that are uh, still in the league from from back then. So, can this guy now that Ladarius Ladarius Green is gone? Can Antonio Gates have one more productive year? Uh, I think he can. I don't think it's that crazy. It seems like, um, you know, he's, you know, we talked about Ben Watson being 35, Gates is 36. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we can't get put too much credence into it. But uh, I uh, I think he could, he's going to be good enough for you to pass up on all those superstars and wait in the end. And you end up picking, say, if you're in a 16 team round or a 16 round draft pick gates and another tight end you know pick two of those guys late um and see what happens one thing i, I do know with the uh, with the chargers this is something i've been sharing with people is um philip rivers has a great starting the first four weeks 
of the season, but then it's like one of the hor- most, one of the worst strength of schedules after that from week five on. So it might be a case with uh, with Gates too. Maybe he starts off strong, but for Rivers, I've been saying if you end up drafting Tom Brady, pick Rivers as his pair as as the fantasy counterpart. Start Rivers for those first four games, and then you have Brady coming in after him, and uh, you have a, a superstar fantasy player at the price of two low draft picks. Make sense. Yeah, that's that's not a bad idea. I'm gonna take all your secrets and beat you in our league that we're drafting right now. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> nice. So when so when, I, so when I take you know Tom Brady in round nine and then Philip Rivers three rounds later, you'll know why. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not so sure. I've been kind of off Antonio Gates for the last couple of years, and, and our my co-host, normal co-host AJ, picked him up a couple of years ago, and he had a, a, that awesome year and rubbed it in my face pretty good. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, it, it's hard for me to say completely no on Gates, but I, f- I feel like I just got to stick with it, and it's eventually going to come true with him. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> off Gates, but yeah, I mean, if you if you just whiff on all you know the first 15 guys, why not take Gates? I mean, I don't. What do you know? What is his ADP? I don't even know what I have him ranked as. He's a tight end 13, so you know. The thing with a tight end is it's not like you need a touchdown from him per game. You know, like. No. You know, tight ends don't score. If they score eight touchdowns, you're happy. You know, one every other game, you're happy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but with Gates, at least he'll get in the six and 80-yard range nearly every game. Well, let's see. I'm looking now. He had a couple stinkers last year. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> was, and was, uh, coming off a four-game suspension. Yeah. But he had, like, two two touchdowns. That's the other thing that kills you is these guys that have the – the multiple touchdown games and then go blank for mm-hmm. five weeks. And then they have another multiple touchdown game just right after you decide to sit them. One of those deals. Yeah. That's the thing you got to watch out too. When you're looking at you know, last year's point totals, they were awesome. And then, but it was like three <laughs> games. Uh, <laughs> right. That that'll burn people who don't know what they're looking at more than anything. Yeah. I don't know. Gates, Gates is okay. He's, he's kind of a, a backup plan type of guy if, if I totally that's, just miss on everybody why not and that's that's the point that we're talking about is is why are you why are these people rolling the dice on these expensive tight ends when there are so many good medium tight ends to consider and we'll yeah. get to more of those later but you know why you know pick up two of these guys later on and hedge your bet and uh you just save yourself a fifth round or Golson. Yeah, that's that's very true. So a bunch of these guys, though, that that could be very big values in drafts this year are coming off of injuries or have gotten injured recently. And we already touched on Ladarius Green, so I don't think we need to, to talk about him anymore. But to run down the list here, we've got Tyler Eifert, Jimmy Graham, Eric Ebron, which is recent slash we thought it was over and maybe not so much anymore. And then even Jared Cook's kind of dealing with a slight injury right now. I don't think it's very major, but I did see him listed on the injury report. Um, Eifert and Graham, though, are two big names. And and I think Graham's falling big time in drafts because a lot of people don't even aren't even sure if he's going to start the season in the first half of the year. Eifert is kind of like are is he going to play week one will he play week two and so i've seen i've seen drafts where he's gone pretty early and some drafts where he's gone really really late um i'm just kind of avoiding him i'm a i'm a big risk adverse guy when i draft so i just kind of avoid these guys what's what's your take on on eifert and graham um eifert's i, I like obviously eifert's a you know well you mentioned well, he was the one you mentioned as the the new Gronk was that him that you said? Or was that the uh, Reed? Reed. <laughs> Everybody uh, was calling him the Reed. Well, interesting. Point like, Reed was better last year. I was just gonna say the same with Eifert. Like, seems like when he plays, like, man, he just really has a connection with Dalton. Uh, only twenty-five years old. Like, it's this is what going into his fourth year, I think it is. Um, which the twenty-five years old thing surprised me for some reason. I thought he was in for like five or six years. Uh, I'm 
so so from that perspective, injured guy, still very young. When he plays, he's fantastic. It's almost like we are talking about Jordan Reed. Um, but Eifert, it seems like his injuries are, are so completely random. Remember when he blew out that elbow? Remember that? When, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, it was like the first game elbow. of the season. That was, <laughs> was rough. Yeah, so even then, like, he was going to have a huge I, – I was ready for him to have a huge season that year, and then he got hurt and all that stuff. But, uh, he, if again, if you're in a league where – you can back somebody up, and I would take Eifert and, and, and just back him up later with another um, good middle tight end. Maybe it's Jimmy Graham. You know, that might that's not a bad uh, idea. Yeah. Eifert, though, I'm, I'm just looking at his ADP now. It's 63. That seems really oh, wow. high for a guy yeah, who's, who you don't know when he's going to actually play. Right. That seems really high. That seems really high. Um. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy no, Graham. Look who at knows? That. He's he's uh high, he's in the fifties on Yahoo and CBS and he's seventy six on ESPN. So that's another two round difference. At least on ESPN yeah. two round difference. Um Yeah, it's interesting. Uh I tell you what, Delaney Walker, is there a less exciting guy that more people are excited about? <laughs> I owned him last year in the Dynasty League, and I loved him. Just catch me 10 <laughs> passes every game. I was happy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. He's the most boring game, game I ever got. Exactly. Right, right. But uh, here, here he's getting picked. You know, it's, he's the sixth tight end after Eifert. One behind him, yeah. Um, so what about Graham there? I mean, are you, are you looking at picking up Graham knowing he could potentially miss half the season? I guess it would depend on when I – like right now he's the 12th tight end in ADP. I'm not taking him as the 12th tight end. Um, that's, you know, I have – let's see, who else I have up there? I have uh, guys that I'd rather have um, like – let's see, tight end here. Uh, we're talking about Ladarius Green. Um, Dwayne Allen, who I'd like to get to later. Uh, Zach Ertz is another guy we haven't talked about yet, um, but it's a, that's a guy that I have a feeling is in for a very, very good year, especially now that everyone's kind of moved away from him because of uh, because Chip Kelly's offense left. Like, you know, if he was going to have a breakout year, it was going to be last year. But I think Doug Peterson's this this offense is going to be one that highlights tight end a lot more. Look at what he did, you know, Travis Travis Kelsey in, in Kansas City. Um, or how angry he made fantasy owners with with Travis Kelsey throwing <laughs> <laughs> the ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I would weigh. I have Jimmy Graham 14th behind Gary Carnage. Now, wouldn't it be nice if two years ago, if you said, "Hey, someday Gary Barnage and Jimmy Graham are going to be ranked right next to each other in your tight end rankings." <laughs> you you would not believe that, <laughs> and then you'd be like, "And Barnage would be one spot ahead." So what do you think of that? Would have made a lot of money in Vegas if he put that bet down. First, I think I'd say, wait a minute. There's somebody <laughs> called Gary Barnage? Yeah, I'd never heard of that guy until last year. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you point. had, but no, no idea. No, it's a great point going back to the, uh, how, why waste a pick early on, on tight end when you know guys like Gary Barnage can pop up. And, uh, and it seems like they do every year. And Jordan Reed and explode like he did. And Travis Kelsey from two years ago explode like he did. Um, Hell, even yeah. Ben Watson last year. Nobody owned him until yeah. the week of the season. Anybody realized, oh, okay. And we were talking about comparing him to the quarterback position, but you won't see that in the quarterback position. Granted, Blake Bortles blew up, Carson Palmer blew up. But those were still guys we were well aware of and were being picked in two quarterback leagues. Gary Barnage and Ben Watson were not being picked. No, no. My dynasty right. league was 22 rounds. I picked them <laughs> up all the waiver wire after week two. <laughs> I was like, hey, I had I had Delaney Walker, but I didn't want anybody else to have Barnage, so <laughs> I took him and I I rolled with two tight ends a lot. Nice. And every week it was 
Um, it was fun watching. I, I won't say names, but it was fun. And that, dude, when you watch the, the amount of targets that Barnage was getting early on, how are you? How could you argue against it? And every week for like the first four or five weeks last year, there are a couple fantasy writers that were just going off on what a horrible waiver pick Barnage is, and he's a flash in the pan. He's never going. He just kept producing. Just kept producing. Didn't matter who the quarterback was. They were just feeding them. That was fun. Yeah, although I can't, I can't lie to you. When they were talking about putting in um, Manziel, I was terrified. I was like, oh no, there goes Jerry. There goes Gary Barnage. But that's when he snatched actually, up Travis Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Just throw the ball deep to your fastest yep. guy. Yep. So, um, Ebron, though, like when this first happened, I actually got the alert from fantasy pros to like take him out of my rankings. And I was like, yeah. I don't think it's actually been announced yet. So I kept him in there. And then now they're saying it's just an ankle sprain. I kind of like Ebron as one of those guys that I think isn't being drafted barely at all. If, if, if at all in most leagues, I mean, he's tight in 17. So I think most leagues he's not being drafted. Um, I kind of like him as one of those guys that with, Calvin Johnson out of the way. I mean, I know everybody likes Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, but with, with Calvin Johnson out of the way, I'm, I think Ebron's going to be a huge weapon in that in uh, to, for Matt Stafford if if he can turn out that he actually is, you know, just an ankle sprain or whatever it is, what they're now they're calling it. Yeah, if you like if you liked Eric Ebron going into the season this news probably did nothing but make it better for you to take him later. Yeah. Um, and, and it's weird to me is that they thought it was Achilles uh, injury at first. It seems like all the Achilles things, whenever somebody tears an Achilles, I'm no, I, I play a doctor on TV. I'm not a real medical doctor. The, <laughs> it seems like when there's a, a Achilles injury, it rolls up that Achilles rolls up in the back. It's, and it's easy to spot immediately. Like it's yeah. Snaps, you know what I'm saying? I'm I, sure there's I, some that are partial tears and stuff like that, but I tore ahead. my Achilles. So I have a little bit oh, of, uh, and I, I honestly, I was playing soccer and I didn't feel it roll up the back of my leg. Like a lot of people say it did, but I took one step on my foot <laughs> and immediately collapsed. Like it was impossible <laughs> yeah. to walk. Um, maybe he's, Brained his ankle so bad that it was kind of the same deal, but I was pretty sure that my limp foot, something wasn't connected that was supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty obvious. So I'm surprised too that it ended up being just an ankle. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if like a week from now they're like, oh no, it actually is a partial tear or something like that, and it's going to hold him out for a long time. So yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of waiting to see what happens. Um, in my drafts that we're doing right around now, I don't think I'm going to go out and reach for him because there's just that unknown. But yep. three weeks from now, when most of my drafts are happening, I think, you know, I think we'll have a clearer picture on him. And, and if he can turn out that he's only, you know, maybe just missed like one game, I might go after him. Just why not? He's going to be absolutely dirt cheap. I don't think anybody's make him make him your last pick before a kicker, or make him the last pick if you take a kicker in the second to last and he's your first cut. If it doesn't, you know, if it's, yeah. if after week one, you know, you know, he's obviously not, you're not picking him as your starter. Then he's your first cut, but maybe after uh preseason, you see that he's, he has potential and you could either deal him to somebody else or deal your starting tight end and try something that route. But uh yeah, I'm with you on that. And, yeah. I, and I agree with you. He's definitely going to be a nice red zone. Um, target in the back of the end zone target on a team that suddenly is without one. And, and they're, we'll see what this goal line off, you know, Zach Zen is probably going to be their goal line back. Um, but it's just a lot of mix and match pieces on that offense right now that uh, we like Ebron could really step up. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on here to some busts and sleepers. I'll let you pick out one or two of each. I have a feeling I know one. You kind of alluded to it earlier. So <laughs> go ahead and start with your bust. Well, I, we already talked about both of my busts. So I had Jordan Reed and Kobe Fleener as guys I think that will not produce what okay. they're 
uh, draft what their ADP asks of them. Who do you think? What do you think? Um, I mean, I kind of like both of them, but yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you with Reed. I, I think he's going to wind up being a bust. I mean, I think it'll be awesome when he's in there, but yeah, a bust, sure. Um, I'm kind of with Gary Barnage. Like, I mean, he's tight end number eight right now, ADP. And I just think I'm, I'm, I don't like RG3. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm slighted as a Redskins fan, but I just don't think that RG3 is going to be the guy that's going to make Gary Barnage good again. A brand new offense in there in Cleveland. And it's just, I'm, I'm not really feeling a, a Gary Barnage second year in a row. Let's let's be a top ten tight end. So that's kind of where I'm where I'm looking. Plus, to go along with what you're saying, RG3 didn't ever done much with tight ends. No, not at all. He had uh, when when Jordan Reed did start off with that, he was starting to break out. That was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. That was um, that's maybe the first time we really were like, oh, you know, tight end was RG3, but. Outside of that, and you know, as a Redskins fan, you know more than anything. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, some some people say that that RG three is part of the reason why Reed got himself so many concussions because RG three was just throwing him into into hits. Mm. Hmm. That's good. That's interesting. So, it, who knows? I mean, but I just I stay away from those concussion guys. So Reed is definitely yeah, that, a bust for me. That's a great point about the concussions with Reed and in that the NFL is definitely moving toward a, a place of protecting themselves from future lawsuits, meaning anybody that's dinged up a little in the head is coming out. Yeah. Well, they have to leave so, the field now at least, right? For like at yeah, least a quarter right. or so, something. I mean, it's going to be, they're going to be gone. So, You're missing at least a quarter of action now. And every time you get a concussion, you're more susceptible to the next more. Con- another concussion, right? Yep. So he's already had a handful. Same with Julian Edelman. Same with a lot of these guys. You know, it's the uh, their shelf life seems to be shrinking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what about a couple of sleepers? Well, we mentioned him earlier. Um, Dwayne Allen for the Colts had a horrible season last year. Banged up. Fleener got a lot of uh, got a lot of time, but remember, Andrew Luck had a horrible season last year. Also, he was banged up. Mm-hmm. What did, uh, let's see, Allen ended up playing. Uh, he played 10, 10, 11, 12 games, something like that. Um, had over ten points. I'm sorry, over nine points once in the entire year. So that's not good. No. <laughs> In comes gone is Adam Gase to. The Dolphins. Wait, not Adam Gase. Uh, who was the Who was the OC last year there? Oh man. Well, there was What's two of them, <laughs> but I'm I'm blanking. Did they clean house like mid season? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm totally blanking on on the Dolphins coaches well, from last year. Oh, not the Dolphins. I meant for uh, I meant for the the oh. Colts OC. Um, but anyway, Pat Hamilton. I think you're right. Yep, I think you're right. So now they've got Rob Chudzinski in there, mm-hmm. who is a North Turner disciple. Who Chudzinski has helped. Man, I just wrote this somewhere too. Chudzinski has helped several tight ends break out. Let me look at his Wikipedia. See who he's coached with. He's helped several tight ends break out, including. Uh, I don't know. Oh no! It was uh, Chazinski was the OC last year, so never mind. Great. <laughs> so Dwayne Allen gets he gets the OC for a second year. That's when they really break out. Okay, so let's pretend that I'm not. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll edit that part out. <laughs> uh, we, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just uh, so he's had uh, Antonio Gates, Greg Olson. I forget. Oh, Kellen Winslow, and uh, and then obviously Dwayne Allen. But he's had some good tight ends that he's developed, and I think um, I think we could see that again um, this year with Allen, without Fleener, without Andre Johnson, and uh, and a healthier Andrew Luck. Um, 
I think Allen was a nice sleeper late round pick as uh like I think I have fifteenth. I have him sixteenth. Uh, Let's see. Twelfth. I have him twelfth ahead of Gary Barnage and Jimmy Graham. Wow. That's what do you think of that? That might be a Wow. That's uh that's, that's but, bold. Uh, I like him, but, but think about like it. Him. Two years ago, Dwayne, was, uh, he was a hot ticket. So was Andrew Luck. I mean, do we really think they're both suddenly that bad? No, no, of course not. But you know, Allen's got his injury problems too, so that's uh, that's part of it. And when he, even when he's been on the field with Luck and without Fleener, he's still done nothing plenty of times. So that that's, that's kind of interesting. And just so just to make you feel a little bit better. Pep Hamilton was fired last year on, in the early November. So, okay, it right. was like that, half. That does half. make sense. Yeah. So, right, I, like, I swear it was Pep Hamilton <laughs> too, because I was losing my mind. So I had to look it up. <laughs> so one of my sleepers is, is Zach Miller. Um, I mean, the guy was good last year for uh, for Chicago. You know, fairly decently good. I don't think you know. I don't. I don't think you're going to get top 10 production from him, but you could see him always, you know, you could see him in the top 10 every once in a while, maybe top 12, top 15. He's going to be in that mid range, like all season. I feel like, um, obviously, you know, Chicago likes to throw him the ball. So, and there's nobody else there for him to compete with. It seems like, so I don't see why he can't, can't be, uh, you know, another top target in my computer just completely froze. Uh, there it goes. My my other guy that is a little bit higher ranked is Julius Thomas. Um, you know, last season started off pretty bad, and he was injured, and then he finally started to kind of pick things up the later half of the year, minus the last two games. Um, I don't think we're going to see quite the prolific offense that we saw from Jacksonville last year. Uh, I don't think you're going to see Bortles do what he did again. But I also don't think you're going to see Alan Hearns do it. He did again. And so I think that leaves more opportunities for Julius Thomas, you know, within the red zone. And and if Julius Thomas can just stay healthy, I think we all know what talent he can be. He even showed it a few times last year. You know, he had a couple couple games in, in, the, in the teens. And I think he'll have, have a few more of those this year and can probably finish in the top eight. Uh, I love Julius Thomas definitely, <clears throat> and and you're you're right with the uh, the offense not being the high flying unit it was last year, which which works right into Julius Thomas's hands, um, as they dink and dunk a little bit more than they did last year. Yeah, is it your pick in an ESPN draft? <laughs> uh, no, it was like a freaky thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah, like I guess that is there. Uh, one other guy. My little ringtone too. <laughs> one other guy that um, and it, it goes along with Zach Miller is the guy Zach Miller replaced in Martellus Bennett, uh, moving to New England. Now with Julian Edelman being injured, um, it, more injured, I guess I should say, injury eater. Don't don't remind uh, me. Yeah. So you know we maybe they do start doing a lot more. And Bennett's a beast, man. He was a head case with you know Chicago. That wasn't necessarily the case of him just being a bad player. It just all resolved around him. Yeah. So I could uh, I could see him bouncing back. Now, granted, he's getting leftovers, but Aaron Hernandez got leftovers that 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 you know a couple years with uh with Gronk there, and that seemed to work out fine for him. Um, and Gronk is often hurt. Bennett could end up being the uh, the go-to guy for Brady for at some point. Yeah, in deeper leagues, I would definitely go after Bennett. It's just kind of yep. a stash play. Uh, in in yeah, your so standard my, league, there's no way. But and this is probably something I, I should I should use as a uh, disclaimer. When I say sleeper, I mean so there's a sleeper and a breakout. A breakout to me is a player that's picked in the middle rounds that I think will be an early round pick next year. So um, I'm trying to think now of an example of that from last year. Let's see. Let's look at the top. So like that would be someone like 
Uh, Lamar Miller? No, I guess he was Devontae Freeman. Yeah. Middle round pick last year, early pick this year. Allen Robinson, same thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. A sleeper is somebody, to me, is somebody that is either a late round pick this year who I expect to be a middle round pick next year or a guy that's not drafted this year who I think will be a middle round pick next year. So, um, so when I say Martellus Bennett, Dwayne Allen, these are late, late picks that I think could have good enough season this year to be middle round picks next year. Of course, Bennett, he's not going to be a middle round pick next year because if Gronk's still there, but you get my point. Value. Of course. Yeah, no, the, I'm actually glad you explained that because I think that's something that you know a lot of readers they go to these sites and they see breakout players, comeback players, yeah. sleepers, yep. bus, and it's everything is jumbled up and they just think, oh, I got to go draft all these guys. Like these right. are the guys yep. I need to go get in the in you know, round 12 through 16 of all my drafts, and it's no, not always. Right. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, just right. players you just need to like know about. You don't necessarily yeah. have to draft them. Exactly. Um, so I think that's lost on 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 a lot of people. So that's that's actually really good um, that you said that. So to finish up here, we just run through the rookies, rookie tight ends. Yeah, do you like? I mean, anybody? Hunter Harvey, San Diego, Austin Cooper, Atlanta, Tyler Higby, <laughs> L.A. Um, I even threw in like Jarrell Adam and the Giants and Seth Diwali in Cleveland. Any of these guys, anybody you even just like put on your watch list type of thing? I've heard good things about Austin Hooper for Atlanta. Um, I haven't really, outside of him being a Stanford tight end, he's not that big. Stanford tight ends, you have to like, of course, I was crapping on Fleener earlier. Um, (laughs) But Hunter Henry, if we're we're down on Antonio Gates, Mm -hmm. then in uh, that offense, you have to like, I say like as in keep your eye on Hunter Henry. The problem we talked about earlier is rookie tight ends rarely do anything. So I'll give you this little stat nugget. Since 2010, I think, the only rookie tight ends outside of Rob Gronkowski and I think it was Aaron Hernandez, the only tight ends to, to, to post top 12 fantasy scores among tight ends is, well, none. I read that wrong. I, I said it wrong. The only tight ends to do it are Aaron Hernandez and, and Gronk, I think, since 2010. The highest after those guys was Tim Wright in, like, 2014. Oh, my God, Bucks, Tampa Bay. And he ranked and wow. he ranked 13th. Yeah, he wasn't even top 12, and that's the highest rookie, you know. So, Not even we mentioned earlier, that, well, Winslow was even – Farther back, that's uh, farther back, two thousands. Yeah, that's oh, okay. that's in the two thousands. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so and the reason we you know we mentioned that same with tight or catchers, they have more going on that they have to learn, and yeah. uh, and it's tougher for them to break in um, into an offense. You look at receivers and all this other stuff. They'll you know a receiver can break an eighty yard touchdown and only have four targets that game, and he had a huge game. With a tight end, he's going 10 yards a shot, and he needs eight of those to have a big game, right? So whereas a rookie, say like Tyler Lockett last year, a speedster, you know, a rookie wide receiver can do a lot with a little as opposed to and – then, and then they build on that. You know, then a quarterback realizes he can trust them. Whereas a rookie tight end, he gets, you know, the the targets to him are few and far between. And um, and then he has to gain going forward, and he has so much extra to learn compared to the other guys. So it's just a different animal. And Tyler yeah. Higby, one thing I want to mention out of Tyler Higby real quick for the Rams, I, I want to keep my eye on him from the perspective of he's a rookie. He's supposed to be a fantastic athlete, great pass catcher and he's coming you know he has no he has Lance Kendricks in front of him and he's coming into the league with the number one pick in the draft Jared Goff so he's going to all the rookie camp he's going to all rookie symposium 
He's with Goff probably. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're roommates for camp. He's with Goff 24-7. Well, now there's I wouldn't, that Goff's not even going to be the starter, so what do you think about that? Well, say, say that it isn't, though. But even you have to expect that he's going to take it over at some point during the season. But there's that familiarity. And say he's not. That's almost even better, so that he's not the, the, uh, the starting quarterback. Then Higby and Goff are, are second-team practice players all day long. And they're learning each other's timing, you know, all that stuff. To me, that's a value. Um, that's like an intangible. It's a nice value to think, you know, at least keep in the back of your head. So when he blows up, be like, well, yeah, I told you. <laughs> Record <laughs> this segment. Uh, <laughs> so. I, you write it down. Taylor Tigby. And then when you record it, I'd be like, oh, man, I said his name backwards. <laughs> like Tyler Tigby. <laughs> Kind of like last year on on the show when uh, Adam Rank came on here and told me that he would have taken uh, Derek McFadden over Demarco Murray, and I laughed at him. And man, I wish I'd never done that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think that's all we've got for tight ends. I want to thank you for coming on, man. It was definitely a pleasure. Um, Enjoyed it. Besides so-called fantasy experts, you want to let everybody know where they can find you. It's a lots of places for sure. Sure. So, uh, com is where um, I'm helping a, a bunch, but I'm also writing at davidgonis.com, G-O-N-O-S. Um, and you can follow me at davidgonis on Twitter. Uh, and you can, if you're, I live at 447 Lady Diana, so if you're, you can find me at my, peer through my window. <laughs> you right. find me there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David Gano's everybody uh, inviting stalkers to his house. That's a, new, that's, that's a first. So anyway, on that note, we will uh, we will let you go, and then I'll finish up the show here in just a few minutes. Awesome, thanks, man. Enjoyed it. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, so that's what we have for the tight end preview for 2016. Um, If you missed any of the other shows, the last three weeks, we have gone through quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers. So I'm going to skip defenses and kickers. I know all of you love those positions so dearly, um, but I do not feel like enough people will listen to those shows for it to – warrant the, the time spent on that um we do have rankings at so-called fantasy experts fantasy6pack.net if you want to know you can always hit us up on twitter with those types of questions lots of articles out there on both sites covering both positions um but definitely go back and, and listen to these other shows there's a lot of information on each one just like you got with this one and uh and you should be pretty set for your drafts that being said I uh, do want to finish up with a couple of Twitter questions I've got here and cue the music. I wasn't ready for some reason. There we go. So first question of the week. I'm going to filter through a lot of stuff here. Didn't prepare for this, unfortunately. Um, Duffy or Fulmer? And I'm going to go with Fulmer here. He's been a more reliable pitcher this this season, pitching uh, for Detroit there. So I'm definitely going with Fulmer there. Um, Gomez or Miller, if we're talking about closers there, it's obviously Miller. Uh, that's not much of a question in my opinion. The other one that I really thought was interesting, and this is kind of a multi-question that I got here, it was Sano or Kepler. And – I went with – that's a really tough one on me. I went with – I think I went with Sano on this one. Um, he's starting to really pick things up. Uh, Minnesota is trying, to, is trying to pick things up. So I, I like Sano there to kind of keep things rolling here the second half or the, the last couple of months here. But then he followed up and said, Justin Upton or Kepler? And I'm going with Kepler. Justin Upton has been the most frustrating base, fantasy baseball player to own this year, minus Carlos Gomez, I feel like. And I like Kepler. I like Kepler just a little bit over Justin Upton. 
Uh, Justin Upton's has been so inconsistent and unreliable and Kepler's been really good the the last couple of months here. So just keep, keep rolling with both those Minnesota guys then. So that being said, that is the show we've got this week. Next week, um, I think we're going to be talking some wide receiver zero and zero, sorry, zero running back theory and zero wide receiver theory with uh, guest Mark Strasberg from so-called fancy experts. So it should be a good discussion to have to get you prepared for drafts and some more draft strategy. And then uh, maybe we'll, we'll throw in some more baseball. We've sort of ignored it the last few weeks here. So I definitely know we need to talk some baseball. Um, but that said, we will also be moving the show to Wednesdays at 8.30. So starting next week, tune in on Wednesdays. And then be sure to listen to the Fancy Fat Cast on, on this channel. And then over on Fancy Six Pack, you've got the Fantasy Edge with Richard Seville and Kevin Huo. So always good information all over the place you can find on, on from both of these sites. So be sure not to miss out. That said, that's all the show I've got for the week. So I will see you all next week.